Newsflash, Michigan looks great. Is everybody else playing for second place? We'll have the answer right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We always appreciate it. And you know, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars daily fantasy sports made easy well is everybody playing for second place in the big 10 behind michigan by the way a little bit more news on spygate we'll get to that uh the hawkeyes with the bye week and they got to chew on that for a while plus i had some thoughts about usc joining the big 10 next year and our tuesday tweets hang around to see if you made the cut be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right, so just developing story today. We're going to have more on this tomorrow. But Connor Stallions, he was a suspended Michigan analyst in the middle of the Michigan NCAA sign-stealing probe, reportedly purchased tickets to 30 games over three years at 11 different schools. We'll have more on that. Uh, looks like a paper trail at first glance, uh, but the latest uh, details and, of course, my opinion in full on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Big Ten. So make sure you make an appointment to check that out as well. On the field, the cream is rising to the top in the Big Ten. Year after year, the league seems to come down to the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game uh, almost every year, uh, taking the league title, whoever wins that game. And that's going to be the same situation again this year, in my opinion. And I don't think it's a big, daring opinion out on a, on a ledge or anything. But as of today, I would give Michigan the edge. But the Buckeyes are getting better and better each and every week. That's why we play these games. Remember the summer, though, when we were previewing the upcoming Big Ten season? We went through all these teams and all these scenarios. We had big expectations for Michigan and Ohio State on this podcast. We also made a strong case for the emergence of Penn State. They were loaded, the depth, the talent, but they just failed their first test by losing to Ohio State. Now, they still have Michigan on their schedule in November, and that game is at home, but I wouldn't count that as a win as of right now. You know, we also made a case for a successful season for the Maryland Terps. They were trying to jump in and get in on the conversation. They had a very good roster. They had an easier schedule the first half of this season. They started out 5-0. and oh, and they were hoping to get some momentum and get in that conversation, be included along with the big two, the big three, however you want to look at it. But a loss to Ohio State started a two-game losing streak, and that ended any talk of a magical season. Still can have a good season. This is still a good football team, but they're not going to be the cream of the crop by, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. There was even some talk about Iowa uh, possibly emerging from the West. There was optimism. Would they have an improved offense? Just a little, just a little. Mm. No, no, no improved offense. But again, a great defense and great special teams. There was a lot of hope behind Cade McNamara coming in from Michigan, but then he uh, got hurt and was not really performing that well anyway. 
As it turns out, this team is still in the mix for the Big Ten West, very much so. They still have an awesome defense and awesome special teams, but that offense has been woefully disappointing, not only Cade McNamara, but injuries to Luke Lachey and Eric All. Uh, they all suffered season-ending injuries. It's been really kind of crazy over there. There was also a little bit of talk about Luke Fickle. What kind of team would he have? There was a lot. There were a lot of people picking Wisconsin to win the West, and they still might. But I was, I was kind of curious. People were kind of doing it on blind faith. He hadn't coached a single game there at the time, and he was going to go in there and completely change the Badgers and how they did everything. Right? It's going to be the air attack or the dare airy raid, whatever you want to call it. And it turns out Tanner Mordecai wasn't the right quarterback for that type of offense. And he's been hurt since, but with a broken hand. But it turns out that even though the personnel didn't fit this style, Luke Fickle inherited a pretty strong running attack. And so the more that he figured that out, uh, the more successful they have later been in the middle of this season. And uh, now they're in the battle with uh, with the Hawkeyes for that West title. Minnesota and Nebraska all uh, playing better now. They're in the mix as well. As you know, the West Division uh, rep has never beaten the East in a Big Ten championship. And that trend should continue in the last year that we have divisions in the Big Ten this year. So back to the East where all the big boys live. Um, look, unless Penn State can upset Michigan in November, the East is down to the familiar two-team race between Ohio State and Michigan. And even though a lot of Big Ten teams are a lot better, you know, their coaches should be uh, praised and commended for rising their programs to new levels. I think a lot of teams in the league are just a lot better than they really were. It just so happens it's two super teams ahead of them. Uh, but you know, it looks like we're back to the same two dominating teams with Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan started the season like in fourth gear, and then they've raised it up to like a fifth gear, and they're on cruise control. They really, really are. J.G. McCarthy, he plays almost perfect football, and he's just like a video game. He just makes the right play, distributes the ball to everybody, and they can beat you so many ways that they're playing the best complimentary football in the country right now. Been virtually unchallenged every week. And then Ohio State, they started kind of, kind of clunky offensively this year with Kyle McCord getting the starting job one week into the season. And look, he wasn't great. He wasn't horrible. But you know, Ryan Day is, he's a little bit of a, of a, of a quarterback whisperer, if I want to be honest about it. Because Kyle McCord, if you've been watching all of Ohio State's games, is getting better rapidly. People say, well, did he look that great against Penn State? Look, Penn State's one of the best defenses in the country. But um, he's been doing pretty well, and he's got a nice chemistry with his former high school teammate in Marvin Harrison. and. They're getting better each week and on the same page each week. And both teams, Michigan and Ohio State, just have these strangling defenses that don't allow the opponent uh, any mistakes whatsoever throughout the game. So uh, we started out this segment talking about the rest of the conference playing for second place. And actually, they're all really playing for third place because Michigan and Ohio State are clearly 1-2. They're head and shoulders above everybody else. And they might both make the playoffs, even the loser of the Michigan-Ohio State game. I think that is very much on the table right now, no matter what happens there. So um, that's how it's shaping up right now. Everybody playing for second or third place here uh, the rest of the way in this final leg of the Big Ten season. All right? Now, 
Uh, some other things I want to talk about. By the way, you can comment, agree, or disagree with me. Hit me up on uh, Twitter at TalkBig10, number 10, or here on YouTube as well. Going through all those. A lot of comments over the past weekend, too. Trying to play catch up with it, and I promise I will. Um, Iowa, long, sour taste in the mouth with the bye week. I have some thoughts on that. And I got to thinking about the USC Trojans as I was watching them against Utah this weekend because I look at all these teams from the Pac-12 that are coming to the Big Ten. I'm scouting them out for you. been watching them all just like I watch the Big Ten games. And I have some uh, definite thoughts as to whether they will just come in and dominate the Big Ten or not uh, after watching them the past couple of weekends. All that's coming up in one minute right here on Lockdown Big Ten. You know... These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. I've had to hire people before. I don't particularly care. It's hard. It's hard to do because you're you're and you're afraid of making a mistake and have the wrong person on your team. Just like a coach, got to make a decision. You make the cut or not. You want to be 100 certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster, and it's free. You post your ad, you got the ad, the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word to everybody that you're hiring. That's the first part. Let everybody know. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire because that's the name of the game here. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So I was thinking about the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend, watching them in that uh, low scoring defensive crazy game against Minnesota. And the way it ended, you know, and if you missed it, I'll explain it to you, but I'm sure a lot of you saw at least the highlights. Uh, Cooper DeGene had what we thought was a game-winning punt return for 54 yards with about 90 seconds to go in this game. And um, it was waved off. Well, maybe that's a poor choice of words because he was doing the waving. So quick description uh he was uh, the the punt bounced in front of him he was pointing with his right hand to his teammates make sure they knew that the ball was coming down don't get hit by it and he was doing a swim motion with his left hand you know basically get away or kill or whatever you word they use right and um even though it was well below his head so he picked then he decided at the last second to grab the ball and he ran and weaved in and boom touchdown the place is going nuts it's another Another Iowa victory, one ugly. So it got called back. It was it was waved off. And referee Tim O'Day afterward correctly stated that it was an invalid fair catch. Any kind of waving of the arm, they're gonna they're gonna deem it as a, a fair catch signal. But you gotta to be a valid fair catch, you gotta have above your wave a couple times above your head. An invalid fair catch. Uh, entails it's not a penalty by the way it's just dead ball right there so iowa still got the ball they just didn't get the touchdown and then they ended up throwing an interception on that drive game over they lose 12 to 10 people are throwing stuff on the field it's, it's crazy but i was thinking about that first of all 12 10 that's the most iowa score that iowa can have i mean it's just typical for iowa 12 10 nothing new there 
But the reason I was thinking about them is because now they're on a bye week. And despite their struggles this season, you know, they were so close. If they won that game, they're going seven and one. Seven and one, Iowa. Unbelievable. Instead, they got to digest this close call for an extra week. You know how it is. Most, team, most teams, if they have a bad loss, they, they, the best thing for them is to get out there and practice the next day and get out there and have a game and put it behind you. But instead, they have to digest this call for an extra week. It's going to be pretty tough. And um, I, was, I was thinking about that. That's going to that's be hard to swallow for Iowa, but they'll do it. And, of course, they got Wisconsin fighting with them in the standings in the Big Ten West. But uh, And good for them. The Badgers have a tough date with Ohio State this weekend. So Iowa's going, okay, good. We might uh, might pick up a half game here if they think the Wisconsin Badgers are going to lose. And then the Hawkeyes, once their waiting is over, they have Northwestern coming up on November 4th. All right, now to another team. I was thinking about the Trojans, USC. Of course, they're getting ready to come to the Big Ten next year. I was watching their game against Utah. That was a crazy game. And the week before, I was – watching them um, against Notre Dame. And all the weeks before, I'm watching them give up like 40 points a game. I mean, no defense to speak of for the USC Trojans. And that's kind of, kind of, that's typical for Lincoln Riley. Look, Lincoln Riley teams, they're always going to have good offenses. Their quarterback's always going to be in the Heisman conversation. And their defenses are going to stink. This year's defense is worse than last year's. And I didn't think that was possible. And so that's what got me to thinking, how is USC going to do once they're in the Big Ten? I mean, we know Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are the top three defenses in the country, let alone the Big Ten. And I got to about thinking about the other defenses that aren't too bad either. Uh, Rutgers and Iowa and Minnesota, it's not too shabby. I mean, the, the defense lives in the Big Ten. And I know things change from year to year, but basic trends remain. You know, these teams are always going to have tough defenses in, in the Big Ten. That's what the league kind of hangs its hat on. And Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley's teams will always score a lot of points, and as you know, his quarterbacks get the attention. But uh, many people, myself included, on this podcast, have frequently talked about how the Big Ten is already difficult with the Big Three, and I've been talking about that. I've been calling it the Big Six. Once you add USC and Oregon and Washington, I'm not sure about UCLA yet, but nonetheless, um, the gauntlet of a schedule is just going to double in toughness. And then even uh, last week, I think it was Oregon head coach Dan Letting, he was asked about how the Ducks uh, would have to adjust to the Big Ten. And he confidently, maybe a little arrogantly, suggested that the Big Ten is going to have to adjust to him and the Ducks. All right, we'll see. Point made, point taken. But um, I'm starting to wonder otherwise, though. Certainly the Pac-12 is loaded now. And they've got more than a half a dozen great quarterbacks. They're, they are fun to watch. It's kind of ironic how the last year of the Pac-12 is the best year they've ever had. But, you know, Southern Cal, they've had their nice run with Caleb Williams. Got a Heisman to show for it. Washington's Michael Penix Jr., former Indiana Hoosier, by the way. Most accurate quarterback in college football, in my opinion. Oregon's Bo Nix. A lot better than he was at Auburn. I don't know what happened out there, but it, this, he's a lot better now. Uh, Colorado, you know, they got Dion's kid, Shador Sanders, out there. Every time I look up, he's throwing for 500 yards. I don't know what his ceiling is, but it seems like uh, he's just he's just chunking yards every, every play. Five, 400, 500 yards is nothing for him, it seems like. 
DJ Ugalele has reinvented himself since uh, since Clemson. He's now out there at Oregon State. But, you know, most of these quarterbacks will be in the NFL next year when these schools come to the uh, to the Big Ten. And so some of these schools, just the four that are coming over, uh, a lot of them are going to have to start over. And I think it might be a little bit more challenging for them to, uh, once when I think about it more. And look, they'll still have some fancy quarterbacks and high-scoring offenses out there, but – uh, they better do something about the defensive side of the ball. They better realize that there's uh, there's complementary football that's played in the Big Ten before they come. So we covered a lot here today uh, so far, and uh, it's been awesome. Enjoyed it. Uh, again, tomorrow, more on the Michigan Spygate story and a bit of a paper trail that is being created or discovered, I should say. I want to take this time to thank all of you Um who watch us every day. I appreciate every dayers out there inviting you to subscribe down below that black button down below, subscribe on YouTube, share, follow, or like lockdown, big 10 and a programming note. Remember on Fridays, what we do here is the lockdown college football kickoff live show every Friday, live 11 a.m. to noon Eastern time. A bunch of us work on it. It's a great show. Great way to kick off the weekend. If you miss it live, it'll be recorded and you can catch it later. But it's cool to catch it live. I participate on it for a couple minutes, too. You want to check that out. All right. Tuesday tweets are next. Let's see if you made the cut. Always enjoy this. See if I posted one of yours. That's in one minute right here on Lockdown Big Ten. I'll tell you about Price Picks. It is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And it's the easiest and most exciting way for you to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers, not the pros, not the big shots, all of that. You pick more than or less than with some stats in a group of players, two to six players. Let me tell you how this works. For example, you could grab uh, running back Josh Jacobs, who, uh, who plays next Monday night, more than 100 yards rushing and pair him with Lamar Jackson, more than one touchdown, by, by the way. Lamar Jackson killed my Detroit Lions this past weekend. Anyway, pair him up more than or less than with the stats. Boom. Winnings roll in. You can impress your friends with your sports knowledge, with your winnings. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to uh, prize picks and uh, go to prizepicks.com. And the slash lockdown college. So prizepicks.com slash lockdown college and use the code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash lockdown college and use the code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. It is a ton of fun. Check it out. All right, so it is time for Tuesday Tweets. Let's have some fun with it here. And I always put them up here, and let's see if we got any of yours on. We'll put them on full screen. And if you are audio only, I will describe them. Here's at Adam Brenneman 81 And I won't read all of it, but uh, let me be very clear. It says, anyone questioning whether or not James Franklin should be Penn State's head coach is being absolutely ridiculous and irrational. And nonsense talk like that does nothing to move the program forward. James Franklin is not even remotely close to having somewhat of a warm seat, let alone a hot seat. His job could not be safer. I, I agree with that. But, man, has he got a lot of criticism here this week. 
um, just for not uh, not throwing deep, not uh, beating Ohio State. Here he is again. This is at uh, Mark Rogers. It says Big Ten futility. James Franklin, top five record, one and twelve against top ten, three and sixteen against top 25, 13 and twenty four. Courtesy of Sports Illustrated. Here is at Buckeye Brat McCord double pumped on that fumble scoop and score for Penn State. He did so because he saw Marvin Harrison Jr. being held. That flag was on the field in the secondary before the ball was fumbled, and without the hold, the fumble never happens. McCord would have thrown the ball. I think that is a very valid perspective on that play. Here is at Tony Liebert. Where would you rank Saturday's win over Iowa for Minnesota? P.J. Flex best as the Gophers head coach. Got a four box here. Rank them one through four. There is a win here against Penn State back in the day where everybody uh, runs on the field. There is uh, in the upper right-hand corner uh, this weekend's win. Uh, Minnesota um, over Iowa. First time P.J. Fleck has beaten Beating them, uh, beating Iowa. And then there is uh, a win over Wisconsin and then the win over Auburn uh, at Auburn. By the way, I would put the at Auburn win. I mean, I think that's the first time a Big Ten school's down, gone down there to Auburn since like 1935 when uh, Penn State went in there and got that dub. So, yeah, there are not um, PJ Flag. Anyway, I would, uh, I would, I would put that one in there. Meanwhile, here is at uh, Michigan fan. It may not be a Lions victory Monday, but a Paul Bunyan Monday is acceptable. Yeah, so the Lions got crushed for everybody in Michigan, but the Michigan Wolverines win the Paul Bunyan. Here is um, Brian Caton. At Brian Caton, is this a milking cow celebration by Northwestern against Nebraska? Pull on, on his thumbs. Yes, this is a screenshot from the Big Ten Network in a 3 uh, nothing game at this point. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was funny. That was funny. And here is at Husker football and uh, Matt rule doing a little body surfing in the locker room. That is a great picture. It's a lot of fun. And again, back to the scoop and score by Penn state that was negated by the holding penalty. This is from at college football on Fox after review, the touchdown is taken back after holding was called on Penn state. Yeah. Game was, it was a pivotal play too here in uh, a three, three ball game. And Penn State thought it took the lead of the momentum and was taken off the board. And then Ohio State finished what was then a 13-play drive for the lead there. And here is at Ohio State football. Look who's back in the shoe. C.J. Stroud, quarterback of the Houston Texans, back at the old alma mater, checking things out with the big atmosphere there on Saturday. So uh, always good to see him. He's doing so well, too. Very good. All right, so there you have it. That's a look at Tuesday tweets, and uh, thank you for everybody whose tweets we used. Maybe we'll use yours next week. We do that every single Tuesday right here. Invite you to join us for all of that. Uh, many ways for you to interact with me at uh, Twitter, at TalkBig10, number 10. Our website, TalkBig10.com with the number 10, and uh, comment here on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app. And you'll get the latest episode of Locked On Big Ten as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Now I want to invite you to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything going on in sports. In the meantime, have yourself a great day. And I can't wait till we meet again tomorrow. Thanks for checking us out. I'm Craig Scheman for Locked On Big Ten.